Welcome into the Locked On Stars podcast. I'm Josh Clark, the Dallas correspondent at NHL.com. Joined alongside, well, once again, not alongside, we're just a handful of hours apart from each other, but joined by Kenneth Nash, the editor at NolanWrighton.com on the fan side of network. Kenneth, it's Tuesday night. It's almost Wednesday morning when we're recording this. How you feeling out there in good old Mississippi? Doing good. Uh, staying warmer than y'all are there. I think y'all have some inclement weather yeah. headed your yes. way, so you're going to get lucky. We're going to go past midnight recording this, and you're going to get to sleep in. Cause exactly. Gonna be We're going to get some snow, gotta, some ice. And it's going to be 71 here, so i got to go to work. Exactly. Isn't that going to be great? Hey, it was 71 here just a few hours ago, and now it's like 31 outside. So love we Texas. love Texas weather. We love Texas weather. You and I both. We all do. Um, but we're here to talk Dallas Stars hockey, of course. So we'll talk about ice in a certain retrospect, um, a, from a certain perspective. But let's go ahead and talk about the Dallas Stars. So in tonight's episode, obviously, episode three with Kenneth and I here at the helm, Stars just finished up the New York road trip with a 4-3 to loss in overtime against the New York Islanders. Picking up a point, and we'll we'll kind of dive in depth there about that later on. On you know, is a point good enough? Would you rather have two points? Obviously, you would. But with the situation, we'll we'll talk more about that. We'll also talk about this road trip as a whole, the positives from it, all the things that kind of were pulled from this for certain players and for the team as a whole. Some positives to build on. And we'll also kind of look at uh, down the road this later this week, later this month for the Stars. Obviously, they'll have a day off on Wednesday, no practice after flying home from Brooklyn. And then Thursday, they'll hit the ice back in Frisco, getting ready for a Friday game. But for now, Kenneth, let's go ahead and dive into the A block of our show. Obviously, the topic, the topic at hand, the Dallas Stars losing 4-3 to to the New York Islanders in overtime just a few hours ago at the Barclays Center to finish up the road trip. Uh, Anthony Beauvillier scoring the game-winning goal a few minutes into overtime. And Kenneth, from the get-go, we we knew that this was going to be a difficult game for the Stars because it's two very similar teams. We talked about it last night on the show. Two similar teams, similar styles of play. They focus on you know defense first, protect your own net, get your offense from your defense, and kind of wear down your opponent from there. We knew it was going to be a, a difficult test, especially on the second night of a back-to-back, but that first period, it looked like it was an almost impossible test. Yeah, they the Stars definitely looked like they were coming off a back-to-back or, or in the second game of a back-to-back in that first period. Uh, the forecheck from the Islanders was phenomenal. I mean, they... They put the foot on the gas early, and they kept it on the gas uh, throughout the first period. Uh, Bovillier got that first goal just a minute and a half in, and you you want to go, oh, here we go again. But they've, they've the Stars have been winning those games that they've given up that first goal. But it was yeah. just I mean, it was I think that's now eight straight, uh, yep. twelve of the last fourteen, and now thirty of the the fifty three games they played this season where they've conceded yep. the first goal. Uh, so that was I mean that was almost par for the course. You almost expected it. Um, the, the Stars got a little bit of a foothold late in the first period. Gurionov uh, able to score on the power play to even things up. That was a, that was a timely power play goal. And Let's talk about thought, that pass 
from Corey Perry too. From oh, that that was filthy little backhand that, through the that crease. was vintage. That was vintage Corey Perry. I mean, eyes in the back of his head. Didn't even take even a peek at Guryanov. Just knew where he was. Backhand pass on the doorstep, and Guryanov cashes it in. Yeah, that was a really nice pass from Perry, and it felt like watching the game. It felt like when when Guryanov scored that, it was like okay, the stars can get momentum here and they they can go on and win this game. We've seen this happen. We've we know that we know the chapters to this book. Stars yes. concede, stars We've equalize, read this book before. Stars stars go on and win. And it really felt like they could get that foothold. And in the second period they did to an extent. Uh, and then Dickinson, which he's he's been really hot lately. Uh, a nice shot from the high slot on, on the breakaway. I think it was a three on two. Good rush uh, from Como and Cogliano too, yeah. Which which Como I mean that line is so good at forcing Forcing turnovers in the neutral zone. I think I think they turned it over right at the blue line, actually. Yes. Uh, Taves, I think it was. And they did a nice job. Como slips it to Cagliano. Como, I thought, did a great job continuing his drive towards the net. Got Taves to back off a little bit. And then, and then a nice snipe from, from Dickinson. And it really felt, when they went up 2-1, I was like, all right, they're going to go win this game. We've seen yeah. this time and time again. It, it, and then, exactly. of course, the Islanders answer almost immediately. Yes, with, with Derek Broussard's goal to knot things up going into the third period. But, you know, after that first period being outshot 18-8 to and still somehow being tied going into intermission, you you tend to look at, and for like you said, for Stars fans, this is par for the course, you tend to look at the goaltending. And Ben Bishop, again tonight, was phenomenal. 37, the, the save percentage may not say it. You look and say, oh, he, got, he had a 902. That's not terrific. But when you look at how many shots he faced, 41 shots against, 37 yeah. saves, a busy night for Ben Bishop. And really, it's it's very easy to say that it could have been 4-1 to one at the end of the first period had it not been for the heroics of number 30. Yeah, I think Razor described it. I think his favorite word to describe Ben Bishop sometimes is mastodonic saves. Yes, uh, for sure. Big time things, that, saves that kept him in the game. That second goal from Broussard, which which tied things up, was it was that the one that he banked off of? Uh, yes, Bishop? that was the one that was from, he, he shot it from the goal line almost. And somehow the oddest angle, it's one of those that obviously a goaltender wants every goal back, but that is one that any goaltender will tell you they really want back. Yeah, and it looked like Bishop, I mean, obviously he thought he had it covered. Uh, he banks it off, evens it up, and you're like, okay. But still, it really felt like the Stars were still going to go on and win. You come out yes. in the third period, Klingberg scores. Uh, they really need Klingberg to kind of find his stroke here. Uh, he's such an offensive weapon when he gets going, uh, especially at that you know the high point. And, and so his goal was big. Yeah. And and, and then, obviously, they concede again with, with Barzal. Barzal you know, yes, on the power play with a leg. nice a nice goal in between the legs. Yeah. But yeah, Klingberg, you know, the coaching staff wants him to shoot more, and he's finally starting to shoot more from the blue line. Those point shots, like you said, can be really lethal at times and really deceiving on a goaltender's eyes. So an impressive shot by him. But then obviously, like you said, Barzal getting that power play goal. The Islanders had initially scored like 20 seconds into that power play. Yeah. Stars challenge for goalie interference. Kelly Forbes coming in clutch again. Uh, yeah. Goal waved off, but then Barzal getting it back a few seconds I think, later. I think he was described as magical. I think yes, that was the word. Yes, he, he, was, he was magical. I mean, they, there's all sorts of... 
I'm surprised nobody started a Kelly Forbes fan club like Twitter profile or Twitter page yet. Maybe one of these days they will. But you know, right. Stars fans love him, and he's he rarely misses on yeah. a challenge. With that third goal, it was interesting. Bishop in, a, in his post game, Bishop seemed upset that the Stars even had to use a challenge on that that first one. He, he I mean, he basically said. I thought it was pretty clear. It felt pretty clear. Yes. And when you watch the replay, it was pretty obvious goalie interference. And then he actually thought that the the second goal shouldn't have counted on the, right. from the ice. He said he hadn't got a chance to watch the replay, but he thought that there was a hand pass. And I know they, they yeah. asked Rick Bonus about it after the game. And he said, you know, he's not he has no reason to question Kelly Forbes, which, of course, he doesn't. Um, right. So kind of an interesting ending to the game. Or, yeah. Sorry, to, to, to level things so up. So regulation, yeah. Regulation, and then takes it to, to OT, where Bovillier yeah. wins it. Um, as a whole, you know, it, it looked like a team that was tired. And I yeah. think the first thing your eyes gravitate to is the five penalties. Yes, and, and that was the first thing that uh, Rick Bonus's eyes gravitated to as well. In, in the postgame game talking about, you know, you can't take five penalties and expect to win. doesn't matter whether you have the best penalty kill or the worst penalty kill, best goaltender, worst goaltender. You can't take five penalties and expect to win, especially with uh, two of them coming in the first eight minutes of the game. And yeah. so, yeah. And it's weird because the I know that they were talking about on the broadcast – Islanders are not a team that, that take a lot of or that, sorry that get a lot of power play opportunities. It's the same it's, as the Stars. Yeah, and it, so it, to, to give up five just it was just not a, and and the penalty kill was decent. You know, stop yeah, four or five four for five. But, yep. You know, that one extra power play could be a difference in the game, and, and it probably was tonight. And it was it, it even the game up in the third period, but yeah, it. it, it it's the same as the stars, like we said. They're two very similar teams, and they don't get a lot of, don't draw a lot of power plays, and that's just because of the style they play. They don't, they don't play high, fast offensive hockey where teams are more likely to hook you or to trip you or whatever. They, they play that defensive style where there's less, not many teams take penalties in the offensive zone, as we know. But anyways, stars picking up a valuable point nonetheless. Obviously, bonus. In the post-game interview, Kenneth, he was very focused on that sixth point, as I think you should be. Bishop yeah. put it very. Bishop put it well, saying, "You know, we're we're pleased that we got uh, five of six. I think he said, I think he said it was a great road trip. We set ourselves up for three wins to get five out of six. I think everybody's happy with that. But then bonus counters with when you have that opportunity to get the sixth point and you don't get it." You have to be disappointed in that because I think bonus saw when they got to overtime, you know, we're tired. We've played three games in four nights and we still have a chance to sweep this road trip. Let's go and finish it. They just couldn't get the job done tonight. Yeah, it's one of those things. I think if you ask them going into this road trip, will you take five or six points? You know, yeah, most of them talked about that. We'll bite your hand off to get five or six on a a road trip, three games in four days. But I think when you get to that third game, You've already got the first four points. You are in control, and you lead the game twice, and then you go on to lose, and it's just kind of a sloppy game. You're going yep. to end up feeling like that was a point missed rather than a point won at the end of the day. But at the end of the day, five of six, an impressive road trip, and now the Stars are coming back home. And so uh, we're going to take a quick break here, step aside for just a moment. When we come back, we'll we'll kind of wrap up the road trip and more importantly focus on the positives that a lot of players were able to find in that road trip when the
the Lockdown Stars podcast continues in a moment. Back here at the Lockdown Stars podcast, I'm Josh Clark, Dallas correspondent for NHL.com, joined by Kenneth Nash, the editor at NolanWrighton.com on the fan side of network. Talking Dallas Stars hockey, Stars finishing up a road trip on Tuesday night through the greater New York metro area with an OT loss to the Islanders to wrap up a 2-0-1 swing, winning 3-2 in overtime against New Jersey on Saturday, winning 5-3 against the Rangers on Monday, and then the 4-3 loss in overtime to the Islanders on Tuesday night. Y'all will be listening to this on Wednesday morning or Wednesday afternoon. We're recording on Tuesday night, but Kenneth, let's talk about this road trip uh, a little bit more in detail because for this, for a lot of players on this road trip, this was a very important stepping stone in not only their individual performances, but in the team performance as a whole. And, you know, just going down the list, Kenneth, there's a lot to talk about. Yeah, there is. You saw a lot of players. Uh, I think before we even dive into everybody, I think the, the one that first comes to mind is Steven Johns. He gets yes. his first point back uh, against the Devils. Uh, gets his first yep. uh, his first NHL uh, point, a secondary assist on Dickinson's goal, uh, and then he gets his you know his first goal of the season uh, last night against the Rangers. So I think that though that's the one probably stands out the most because I can't imagine the monkey on your back kind of thing with, yeah. with that situation. But yeah. for a lot of these players, it was a chance to find the back of the net, get back on you know back on the score sheet. And then, in retrospect, you're gonna we're probably gonna look at this Wednesday and Thursday and go five or six points. A very successful trip, right? And and you know, like you said, going down the list, Corey Perry, after going 76 days without a goal, November 19th was his last time to score. Before Monday night, he got a goal against the Rangers. He also finishes the trip with three points. So three points in three games for Corey Perry. The other veteran filthy assist tonight. Yes, that a beautiful assist tonight. We can't talk about it enough uh, on the Guryanov power play goal. Then you go to the other veteran the Stars added this past summer. Joe Pavelski gets three goals in three games, including two big power play goals in 16 seconds against the Rangers that helped put the Stars out in front and stay out in front for the night, basically against the Rangers on Monday. Like you mentioned, John's getting his first point of the season and first goal of the season. Uh, Yoel Kiviranta getting his first NHL goal on Saturday night in New Jersey. And the Stars' power play. I mean, after a horrifying skid for seven or eight games there, going three for nine on this road trip, and 33%. If your power play is clipping at 33%, you're in really good shape, Kenneth. Yeah, they went three for nine, and they're actually it's three of their last seven. Because uh, they were, I believe, they were over two against the Devils, um, so that's good to see. The power play is has really been hot or cold for the Stars this year. Uh, yes. the penalty kill has been pretty strong throughout the season, bar that game last night against the Rangers. But the penalty, or, sorry, the power play has been been hard to get going. They're going to need it, um, and, and it really doesn't make a whole lot of sense that it's struggled to get going. Right, when you look at the names they throw out there: Pavelski, Sagan, Radulov, Ben, Hints. And then, you know, the, the Klingberg, offensive Haskinen. defensemen they have. Exactly. Yeah. Klingberg, Haskin, and Lindell. Can score. I mean, the guys they can put out there, it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense that they're struggling. But they have struggled some this year. So if they can find that, that's going to be a big positive moving forward. Yeah. And, and on top of that, 
not only individual performances to talk about, but also just team performance as a whole. 18 total players, Kenneth, got a point on this road trip, including eight different goal scorers. Now, a little bit of trivia for you here. 18 players tallied a point. 20 total players took the ice for the Stars. 20 total skaters took the ice for the Stars over this road trip. If you had to guess the two players that did not tally a point on this road trip, who would you guess? Well, I'll, I know only because we've talked about it, but and we guessed one pretty right off the bat. I'll delay a little bit to let anybody listen and try to figure it out real quick. Uh, the first one you can probably guess pretty easily. And that's Roman he, he only yes, yeah, and he only played. To be fair, he did he did only play in two of the three games. But he's not an offensive machine by any means. Uh, but that's not what he was brought in for. Of course, Pollock not getting a point. But the other one, Kenneth. The other it, one is surprising, and you it, you may say Jamie Alexiak. No, you may say uh, Sekera. <laughs> you may say Andre Sekera. No, you may say Matthias Janmark. No, it's crazy to think about, but Miro Haskinen yeah. did not have a point on this road trip. That is surprising. I don't even know that that's really an indictment on him because he played well and he had plenty of ice time. Uh, he was playing good on the defensive end. There wasn't a whole lot it felt like coming from the defenseman this whole this whole uh, road trip. The forwards were doing a good job, I thought. Um, but it's weird because Haskins. I mean, he's such a talent that you on the offensive side you're usually used to it. But he's been so. I think he's been so good this season. I think I think he'll get a pass this this he road has. trip. I mean, he's. He's only eight points away from tying his career high that he set in his rookie season last year, and he's still got 30 games to go before he hits the 82-game mark, or 29 games at this point. But it's it was an impressive an impressive showing for all the stars. A lot of bad, as Mike Heike put on Twitter, a lot of bad juju was exercised from the locker room, except for one demon in particular. And that was on Tyler Sagan's back. And now, after the loss to the Islanders, that's now 14 games in a row, Kenneth. He has not scored a goal since December 28th against the Colorado Avalanche at home, that 3-2 shootout win. And it's at to a certain extent, Kenneth, it's, it's very shocking. And, yeah. you know, fans can argue about it on Twitter all they want about how he should be scoring more. He's getting paid to score more. But you can tell, Kenneth, in, especially in these past few games, he's trying his best to score. 50 yeah. shots, Kenneth, in 14 yeah, games. We did some quick math. You did some quick math before we started. I tried. And and it looks like he's taken 50 shots in the past 14 games. That's three and a half shots a game. No goals. It's not that he's been invisible. You know, he's gotten some assists. His point total is still tops on the team. Uh, his road points total still tops on the team. Uh, and he's got, getting good looks. I mean, he had two premier opportunities last night. Lundquist robbed him. He had some looks tonight. Took six shots tonight. Led uh, all stars. Uh, Klingberg had five. Um, so that kind of tells you, I mean, he was he was – getting opportunities they are just not dropping for him right now and, yes. and it is it's an interesting debate because i there's a little bit of one tonight on twitter uh with bob Sturm and some some of his followers and it's that it's that kind of comparison of 
he is paid to score goals and he knows he's paid to score goals and it's not happening right now is that is that him not performing or is that is that some of it him becoming a more complete forward all the way around two-way guy which i think i think is a little bit of both i think part of it is it's just not going in for him right now and and for whatever reason that may be 50 shots that's not a lack of effort or a lack of trying no Um, not at all uh but i think part of it also is he is coming back much much deeper this year on the defensive end than he was say two or three years ago so i think that's probably playing into a little bit Uh, but it's definitely strange and i you know how badly he wants to get that puck in the back of that and you feel like they're just they're stopped up and as soon as he can get it in Get, get that puck in there. He's gonna. They're just gonna come flying out. But until then, you know that's gonna be a major talking point. Yeah, and and like they say, you know, all it takes is one. Uh, that that pretty much holds true. It seems that that holds true. Uh, even if you go back to last year, talking about the uh, the whole Jim Light saga and the rant on Sagan hitting a bunch of posts that year. He started to find his groove right after Christmas, and he rattled off. I mean, he finished on a strong note last season. Into the playoffs, finished on a on a strong note there as well. Uh, so it seems as though you know you really only need one, and things should start tilting in his favor. But as I'm going through his uh, game logs here, I do believe, as long as I'm not. As long as I haven't skipped over something, which I don't think I have, I'm pretty sure I'm. I've still got enough of my wits about me here, Kenneth, at, at midnight or whatever time it is. But I do believe this is his longest goal drought since joining the Stars in 2013. That would make sense that it would and, be. Yeah. And he's had a couple of 12 game droughts that I've counted here, but I don't see a 14 game drought and. That's just goes to show you kind of the magnitude of this. But obviously, like we said, all it takes is one. Maybe there's, as Brian Ray and Brent Severin said in the postgame show tonight, Brent Sevy's going to write something down in his notes that Sagan's going to score and he's going to go rattle off a hat trick Monday or Friday night against the Wild. But we'll see. That, that story continues to linger on and we'll see how much further down the road it goes. But We're going to take another quick break here. Step aside when we come back. We'll have some quick thoughts on the standings in the Central and the West and kind of a quick look ahead at this uh, upcoming stretch for the Stars in the middle of February when the Locked on Stars podcast returns. Back here, Locked on Stars podcast. Josh Clark, Dallas correspondent for NHL.com, joined by Kenneth Nash of NolanWrighton.com. And as we kind of wrap this one up, Kenneth, just a quick look, a quick outlook. Obviously, the Stars have Wednesday off, so not a ton to talk about. Game Next game's not for a couple days. Um, as we kind of look into this, this season so far and look at the standings, Kenneth, the Stars are in a pretty good spot. Right now, sitting in second place in the Central Division with 65 points. That's 30, a record of 30-18-5 through 53 games. 65 points. They're in second in the Central, tied for second in the Western Conference overall with the Vancouver Canucks, who have played one more game than the Stars, so they have a game in hand. And also, you know, it's always weird in hockey standing, Kenneth, because when you look at points and you look at spreads, six points doesn't seem like a big gap to cover. I mean, I remember a few years ago when the Stars would be 
outside the wild card race and they'd be, you know, six or seven points away, it was almost like, oh, that's an easy gap to cover. And they never did. Yeah. It And right now, Kenneth, the next closest Central Division team to the Stars, besides the Avalanche, who are just one point back sitting in third, is the Nashville Predators with 57 points. So the Stars have yeah. an eight-point gap right now. Yeah, and I think it's you're hitting the point of the season where I think they're good enough that it would be it would be a pretty epic collapse to 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 lose out eight points and let either Nashville or Chicago or Winnipeg they're all on fifty seven catch you. So I think this is a point now where the Stars have to turn their attention uh, up the table, uh, up the up the standings, and look at St. Louis. Then obviously they're going to go back and forth with Colorado. Colorado is a point behind them now on sixty four, but they've got two games in hand. Um, so you could probably assume that the Stars may find themselves back in third. By the time it's evened back up, but still, I, I think you're focused on those three right now. You're not focused on the ones below you anymore. Uh, your your job is to try to get as high a seat as possible, and I think it's really strange as we've gotten closer to starting this podcast and paying more attention and getting ready for it. It almost felt like it was the stars have not been playing well recently. It really felt like it was the stars were in a in a rut, and they're really not. They're five, four, and one in their last ten. Um, right, but if you they they showed this on the broadcast, Fox Sports Southwest broadcast. Since November first, they have the second best record in hockey. Um, right. Yes. And since and November first, yes. And I I think it's just the illusion of of where hockey is today, where good teams score goals. I think that's just an illusion that we've we we've all seen. Um, it is, and, and and it's it's a fair one to an extent. Yeah, and, yeah, and I think I think that I mean that's a fair assessment. Good goals or good team right. to score goals. You know, Washington, they're a good team, 197 goals this season. So I mean th- that is true, but I th- so I think we look at that and go, well, the, they must not be doing that good because they have 142. They have the sixth fewest goals scored this season. Exactly. The only teams that are below them are ninth and tenth in the Eastern Conference in New Jersey and Detroit, and then seventh, eighth, and ninth in the Western Conference. Uh, with San Jose, Anaheim, and Los Angeles. So you right. look at that, and that's not a promising stat. And so I think that's been deceiving, even to me. They're playing good hockey. They're not soaring like they had been for stretches earlier in the year, but they're playing good enough to keep pace with the teams around them. And pick up important wins. And Kenneth, you know, a small sample size, but these three games on the road in New York and New Jersey, they scored at least three goals in every game. They finished the road trip with 11 goals in three games, so 3.75 a game. And it's going to be ebbs and flows. We've seen that with this Rick Bonus team so far. And as much as, you know, Twitter can be a doom and gloom fest, especially when the Stars lose, you know, two, three in a row, or they only score one goal a game or whatever that case may be, they're winning hockey games. And so that debate can be had as long as you want. You can debate it till the sun comes up about whether this team needs more offense, whether this team can even find more offense, whether it's a trade, whether it's players hitting the net more, shooting more, whatever the case may be. But at this point, the Stars are winning hockey games, and they're doing so in good enough fashion to be sitting in one of the top seven, top eight spots in the NHL right now. Yeah, is they're playing, I mean, I think I think we've, we've cemented, and, and we've known this for a long time now, they are going to make their money, and by make their money, I mean make it in the playoffs and make a run off of how good their defense is 
and how their goaltenders play. Uh, yes. And when you've got Ben Bishop and Anton Hudobin, likely would be, in a hypothetical playoff scenario, would probably be Bishop a lot of the time. That's what we saw last year. Yes. But either one are capable of winning you games almost single-handedly. And yes. I think that's that's key. And I think we that's just, it may not be the most highlight reel perf- uh producing team in the world right because you know, they just don't score a ton of goals hey but they're highlights can come games. in the crease too right that that is true it's some highway yeah. robbery in the crease but it's going to be interesting this is going to be a big week coming up they've got divisional games um first against minnesota on paper you should beat minnesota but last time you played them they uh they skunked you pretty bad seven they scored nothing. a touchdown and an extra yeah, point yeah, so that was that was ugly. I think the Stars are going to want want some revenge for that. And then you've got the Blues. And that's, I mean, you play the Blues three times this month. We talked about that's more or less a 12-point swing if, if, if it needs to be. You can, that can go one way or the other. That, can, that could cement the Blues winning this, this division, yes. or that could really make things interesting. So, right now. So that's going to be something. Yeah, that's seven something points to back. Watch. Seven yeah. points back to the Blues with a game in hand. So those three games could mean a lot in the long run, like you said. Stars are 10-5-2 against the Central this year. Looking impressive against the division, but still a lot of hockey left to be played. So with that, Kenneth, it's it's about time to wrap this one up. But I Stars, think, I think we got to plug. We got to plug social media. Yes, real go ahead quick. and plug it. Plug it if away. If you haven't followed us yet, go follow us at Locked On Stars on Twitter. Uh, we we engage during games, but then a lot of it's going to be if you if you don't have time to follow. All the local writers, Josh included, will retweet a lot of that information as well. Uh, and then go follow our personal accounts. Josh is at Josh underscore Clark zero two. Uh, he works. Uh, he's going to be at a lot of the. He's going to be at home practices, home games. So you're going to get in depth insight there. And then you can follow me as well at Kenneth underscore Nash nineteen. I'm not as in the loop from that standpoint, uh, but, but I think okay. I'm pretty funny. I'm funny. We'll go. Yes, with that. you're fun. Yeah, you're a good follow. <laughs> But uh, but make sure to go follow us there, uh, and then keep listening to Locked On Stars. We've had some good feedback uh, in the first couple episodes, but we're excited yeah. to keep rolling on. And Josh, I've left you five seconds. Oh, thank you, Kenneth. So, well, I guess that's three, two, one. There it goes. But uh, that's all we've got. So, Stars two on one on the New York road trip, moving coming back home for another big back to back this weekend against the Central Division. That'll do it for episode three of Locked On Stars. We will talk to you fine folks on Thursday.